and welcome to No Stairway, a podcast about middle-aged men making mixtapes. In each episode, we take a theme and each expertly arrange songs, which quite frankly have no business being next to each other in the first place, into a list, thus breathing new sonic life into otherwise dead tracks. We meet here on the podcast to discuss our selections, rubbish each other's questionable taste, and add tracks to the fabled Golden Shuffle with the hope of creating the greatest shuffle list of all time, unhindered by genre and better than anything the nerds at Spotify or Apple could come up with. The rules of No Stairway are very simple. Rule number one, all playlists should be of album length, like in the days when mini-discs were king. We judge this to be 20 songs or 80 minutes, whichever comes first. Rule number two, no artist can be repeated in a playlist. And rule number three, no stairway to heaven. As usual, all three of our playlists for this week are on Spotify, and you can find links in the episode description. My name is Bill, and I'm a middle-aged man who makes mixtapes. Hello, my name is Carl, and I'm a middle-aged man who watches the Mission Impossible films far too often, and yet refuses to apologise for it. Hello, my name is Tim, and I'm a middle-aged man who appreciates the sonic challenge of a 1980s Star Trek score. This week's theme was time travel. We've got three uh, very eclectic lists to uh, discuss, and uh, let's start with Carl. Yes. I thought this was hard. Um, I thought it was going to be easy. Because I thought, you know, what you do is you, you stick on some Huey Lewis, get you started, um, at Star Trek Four, um, and then the rest of it would just would just you'd just fall into place, wouldn't it? And it'd just be it'd be dead easy. But uh, in actual fact, um, I I found it uh, quite difficult to find anything that wasn't a novelty record. Like e- even like after I think probably the fifteenth listen of Huey Lewis and the news, I just thought, it, this is just a novelty record, isn't it? You know, it's not actually, I don't think it's actually about time travel, or at least I, that's what I persuaded myself. And so I thought, all right, I'll get rid of that. And then I remembered, uh, so my starting point, I remembered um, in the year 2525, um, I didn't know who it was by, it's, it's by Zager and Evans. It's, it's, it's a bona fide one-hit wonder, they never had another hit. Um, and, uh, but when I was, I remember like when I was six sitting in the back of my mum and dad's car, that, that song was on quite a lot. It must've been on a cassette tape or something and, and just loving it. So I thought, oh, brilliant. And that was one of those things where, um, I think I liked it not because of the, uh, immense sort of sixties, uh, folk rock orchestration. Um, but I liked it because he was talking about this, you know, th- these insane future worlds where you could, you'd take a tablet and then everything that you were meant to think and feel would just occur to you because you'd taken this tablet. And I think if you listen to the lyrics, like these worlds just get more and more bizarre where you, you know, you choose your, you choose your children out of a menu, you know, at the bottom of a test tube and all this sort of thing. And it was, uh, it was actually quite a deep, a deep sort of, um, meditation on what the future of humanity is and I, I hadn't realized that i just thought it was fun like for a six-year-old to listen to so i had a starting point and then from there i just i basically i, I built it around that like the idea of time travel not necessarily being described within a song but the idea of time travel being a, either something that you would uh, from an imaginary if you were thinking about the future then you would imagine a future and that would tell you something about humanity and if it was the past 
then it would be something about memory or regret, remorse, you know, and, and traveling backwards in time through the mind and traveling forwards in time through the mind. So then I decided to structure it that way. And I did the first half of it. We're going into the future, into lands of imagination. Uh, and then the second half, I did all about uh, a, a morose trip down memory lane where you just uh, think about all the things you've ever done wrong and cry about them a bit. So I've got, um, so I've got in the year 2025, um, I've got um, uh, just a couple of highlights. Uh, probably my favorite all time song is Time Traveling by The Fuck Off and Dies. Don't know how you guys felt about that. I absolutely loved it. Um, th these are songs actually about um, using alcohol as a time travel method. So um, the, the song Time Traveling by The Fuck Off and Dies is all about just getting so pissed that you wake up in the future. Um, and that is the same as uh, Sonic Reducer by Overkill. That has a cover version. Um, it's quite difficult to find a version that mentions a time machine. Um, and then, you know, uh, The Earth Died Screaming, Tom Waits. It's about, you know, it's also from the soundtrack to 12 Monkeys, but it's also about imagining a future and what that means for where you are or where we are as a species, where you are as a person. Um, and then, yeah. And then, uh, spin on a bit. What have I got? Uh, um, Anna DeFranco, the same. That's about Alzheimer's as a time travel method. Um, uh, yeah. And then I've got, uh, Iron Maiden, Deja Vu, another bizarre time travel method that we're all, we're all, uh, familiar with. Um, and then, yeah, I finish on, uh, David Bowie, who's just basically maudlin about the past and a, in a sort of uh, a place he can't get back to uh, Berlin in the 70s but uh, if he closes his eyes he's sort of he's there again in some way and I think we've all we've all experienced that so it was kind of a, a way to take the idea of time travel and 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 assuming that um, you'd both go for Huey Lewis just trying to go in a in a slightly different direction even though I know it would have been nice to have Huey Lewis, obviously, um, as an automatic entry to the, the Golden Shuffle, but I thought uh, I'd try and be as esoteric as possible and try and go for different things. But I don't know. Do you think, though, Huey Lewis and the News deserve a place on the um, Golden Shuffle? Uh, well, that's that's for you two to convince me later, isn't it? Obviously, uh, <laughs> I'm the only one who can make that decision in this scenario. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I still think uh, it's I, my problem. My problem with, with 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 that track and the reason why I left it out because obviously it was obviously there uh, in my playlist for the longest time, and right at the death I took it out. And the reason I took it out was I just thought if I was going to put a Huey Lewis song on a list about time travel songs, it wouldn't be back in time, even though that's the one about time travel. Yeah. It would be Power of Love, which is the one I most associate with time travel. Mm. But that's not about time travel. So Back in Time is like a novelty record, which I look down on. So I was kind of torn. That was uh, one of the big kind of quandaries I went down with using films or TV shows which involve time travel. And do you use the the songs which are used that are used as like a plot device? Like for example, in Back to the Future, you've got um, Johnny Be Good, and yeah. actually that is a very very well. It's an obvious but also very funny joke that they use. You know, it's your cousin Marvin. You know, Marvin yeah, Berry. Yeah. Listen to this. 
And I nearly put Johnny B. Good in as the reference to Back to the Future rather than Huey Lewis. But then yeah. I really wanted that big start and it was a good starting track for a playlist. Yeah, so no, that's, that's why true. I went for that track. Well, I was the same. I nearly finished with, uh, in the same way, uh, like with Tim's finish, it was like a sentimental finish. I nearly finished with Earth Angel. Yeah. For, to, to reference Back to the Future, because Earth Angel is the song where his mum and dad kiss. And I thought, and I've always loved that song. I mean, that's a great song, right? Um, but, uh, but in the end, I just thought, no, because surely that's not really, you know, it's too much of just, that's just about a movie reference and that the actual, the song itself isn't actually uh, concerned with time travel. So I didn't want people to have to, since people, um, like listening to this have to already go and listen to three 80 minute uh, playlists before they even listen to the one hour podcast. That seems like a lot of homework to then go say, Oh, and here are some films you need to watch as well. Um, just seemed like too much homework. So I thought, no, I mean, it has to be on its own terms. <laughs> And it's a sound as well that is quite uniquely from that very specific genre and time. You know, you couldn't repeat that in the 60s and 70s, nor the 90s or more recently. It is very definitively of the 80s. It's 1985, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And And, and like, you know, like you say, your first track, it's very much that 60s rock folk sound. You know, it's very, very specific of that time. Just like, you know, a few of the other tracks, like... Uh, the blur track you've got in there, you know, it's yeah. very similar to to a lot of your other tracks where there is like a dystopia through a storytelling, through a narrative. Yeah, um, that's right, yeah. I really like the Rory Gallagher track. Whereas, oh, that's fantastic, isn't yeah, it? And, yeah, and actually I said it in our chat as well through over the last couple of weeks where that track is almost like a time travel piece where, you know, he, I didn't even know anything about him. I went, went off and read about him and he ended up being kind of the, the musician's guitarist. You know, he, whilst he wasn't particularly big in his own right, mm. he went off and, uh, and you can hear all those Brit pop licks and all those eighties and nineties guitar licks, especially uh, British guitarists. And it just, yeah. uh, it's, oh, people it's like John, Squ- like, a, like, like the later John Squire, I think was probably, yeah, a, yeah. Yeah, probably a huge fan of Rory Gallagher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was really interesting to kind of hear that that music, which is you know slap bang in the middle of the sixties as a blues guitarist. Yeah, no, he, he's terrific. He's my dad's favourite. Um, but um, I've, I've, I mean, the last few playlists, I've been desperate to get a, uh, a Rory Gallagher track in there, and I just haven't, I haven't been able to find anything. Um, but that one, obviously, it mentions a time machine. That again is about uh, it's about travelling. It's about travelling in time but traveling in place at the same time. So you visit somewhere that you've read about and then you think you can see the Mississippi uh, Sheiks are like a, they're, they're like a, a band from the thirties or whatever. And he goes to Mississippi and then he thinks he can see the, the band that he loves to listen to. Uh, but he obviously can't because they're not really there, but it's just, it's the, the, you know, the idea of the place when you visit it, you know, you sort of travel in time as well. So it's a bit, uh, it's, um, it's a slight stretch, but I think it was worth it was worth it for the track, right? Like it's a great track, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think for me that was one of the highlights of the of the whole playlist, really. Like you, my my dad's a big fan of Rory Gallagher. Oh, okay, cool. He only came into them sort of it, it got into him after a trip to Ireland, and everybody was talking about. It. Since then, you know, become a massive fan. 
Mm. And I think he, he's, he's, he's one of those sort of unsung legends, really, isn't he, in yeah. music? That nobody, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't really get, get the credit that, that he should. A lot, no. of, a lot of credit goes to people like Jimi Hendrix, but really, I suppose Rory Gallagher was obviously a contemporary, and, and, mm. and, and, but also probably more influential. Yeah, certainly, certainly on the uh, the one that came after him. I really enjoyed that Bowie track as well. That's one of the albums that I haven't delved into of his recent stuff, of his, oh, his yeah, later stuff. Yeah, I, I'd really have to good. say the because I'm not um, or haven't historically been a huge Bowie fan, um, and only um, to my shame got into Bowie after he died. Yeah, uh, really, I'd only heard a couple of albums like the classic albums, um, but uh, it's the it's the last two albums I think are what Bowie's all about for me. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, oh, I that, completely the, agree. Yeah, you know, uh, Black Star was just phenomenal, and then that was the one before the next day. Yeah, actually, uh, all the stuff out the the four albums from was I think it's four or five albums from Heathen onwards. They're all pretty interesting. Yeah, mm. they're they're. they're they are his later work. I mean, it gets um, slated a lot because I think it's not like uh, anything else. And so I think it, yeah. I think he was sort of reaching around. But I think by the time he got to next day, he knew what he was doing. He got a really really interesting band um, put together behind him. You know, with that, that you know that bass player and um, you know the, the, they're they're almost like a jazz. Yeah, they're a bit like a, a, a jazz quartet or something behind him, like an electric jazz fusion thing. Um, and and they're just they're they're just really great players, and I think they could just sort of do what he wanted when he wanted them to do it, and yeah. Um, and yeah, that next day album and, and Black Star even more so I think is is even better. That um, you know the, the real shame I think of Bowie is that maybe his best work was still ahead of him really. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you those two albums, which is a bit of a shame. And actually, that kind of that aesthetic that he had where he was you know always looking back and and also that there's there's a, i always feel like there's a shade of regret in him because he did party so hard and ruin mm. his brain so much with the amount of cocaine that he rammed up his nose that actually there's there's a level of of regret in there that is almost like a time machine of going back you know what could i have done if i'd have gone back Mm. I, I think that's certainly that period where, because <clears throat> um, really my favourite Bowie album from his uh, sort of his, his real sort of back catalogue is Station to Station. That was the album that I really got into Bowie. You know, just after he died, mm. I was listening to Station to Station quite a bit. Um, I think it was the day he died. Actually, they played the track Station to Station on Radio Two, like I was driving in the car, and they played the full ten minute version. And I was like, holy Christ! I thought he was just you know. Ch -ch 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 changes. I thought that was Bowie. You know, I didn't realise there was this extra depth. Um, and that album, I think, it, the shame of it is, it's, it's only a short kind album, of, isn't it? Six tracks. It's a really short album. Yeah. yeah, it's got you know, it's got a cover of Wildest. You know, it, one of the tracks is a cover. Yeah. Um, um, and then an, another, you know, uh, I think at least two of the tracks are over eight or nine minutes. You know, it's it's an interesting album, and of course it's completely fueled by um cocaine like mm. it's, it's a cocaine album you know it's in, an insane amount of cocaine you know the thin white duke is essentially someone who exists just by ramming cocaine into their face every every turn and i, I think that's one of the one of the great shames that you know uh, his later work seems to be looking back at that period as like some sort of lost time when in actual fact uh, the really interesting creative work went went on then, you know, which which must have been like frustrating as well, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh, he was clean by Let's Dance, but everyone ridicules that as being like pop rubbish. When in actual fact, no, it's that's equally brilliant, but 
just didn't have the cool. There was, there was quite a few similarities between mine and Cal's. We had a couple of similar tracks, but also mm. what struck me, there was a couple of tracks which I decided not to include. Okay. We're, in, we're in the list for a while and decided not to include them. The first of those is track number two uh, by Grand Funk Railroad, uh, yeah. Time Machine. The second was, uh, which one was it? Time Machine, again, by uh, Frank Turner. Yeah, I've been that as oh, well. I had that yeah. for a while. Because it's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't like that's it. The, that's the problem with it. It's a little bit shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, w- I would defend uh, Grand Funk Railroad just for the riff. Um, yeah. And that that is a great... And it's one of those bands that um, they sound like they're like a New Orleans thing. And they're even named like the Grand Funk Railroad. And it's just three white kids. I love that. Like, there's so many like American bands that were just like just three white kids who were like really middle class, and they were aping uh, much better musicians who would you know and just like copying them and just and and but actually like selling records, and they had no right to do it, which I just find is just like as social commentary. It's something we can all learn from. Um, but the the riff's fantastic. I love that. Uh, yeah, I would say Time Machine by Frank Turner is a bit. I. I, I don't know because Frank Turner's a weird one. I don't know why he keeps whenever I'm searching Spotify, he keeps turning up. Yes, yeah, <laughs> like he he must does he pay a lot of money or something to the algorithm or, or does he worship it or so? I don't know what happens, but a lot of his tracks turn up when you're like just searching. Oh, you know, time travel. You know, he pops up like I got. Um, it was one of his uh, songs in my party playlist, wasn't it? About Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, yeah. it's clearly a thematic uh, songwriter, isn't he? Yeah, and he, take a theme, weird, run with it. Yeah, and he, he's a weird one because I don't think he's got. He, he's weird because he's kind of, I suppose, um, a little bit younger than us. Um, he's had a band. I've looked him up a couple of times. He's, he, he had a band, didn't he, that sort of broke up in the early noughties, and now he's like a singer songwriter. And he's, he, he seems to, he, his songs aren't bad, um, but that how do you describe it? It's just, maybe it's a little formulaic, right? He's got a, mm. a formula, particularly with that time machine. Should we do mine? Yeah, do it. let's go. My playlist was called uh, Travel Back to the 1930s Gary. And obviously the Gary in the title is revealed by the, uh, the the final track, Goodnight Sweetheart. Gary was Nicholas Lyndhurst's character in um, a sitcom for any international listeners that we may have picked up already in the third episode. Uh, a BBC sitcom where a TV repairman Travel back in time and has an affair in the 1930s. Not only had an affair, married. He does, yeah. The person in the 19 in in the 1940s, not the 1930s, married them while still with his wife in the future. Deeply immoral sort of stuff. Did, and didn't he have children as well in the past? I think towards the end there were children involved. Yes, yeah. There were a number of actress changes. But essentially, the character was still the same. That was the story of the the title, and obviously, 
I felt like this was an opportunity to create a playlist that was chronological. It was this one. So the first track, Flux Capacitor by J Electronica, 2020, recent we could get. And it basically slowly, each, each track is from a different year going back to the 1930s. So it's all in chronological order going back in time to finishing with uh, Al Bowley and uh, Goodnight Sweetheart. So there's a couple of sort of like relatively new tracks on there. There's the Ben Frost track are all from the last, and Old and New by Surge all from the last couple of years. There's a nice little 80s section with uh, Huey Lewis. Iron Maiden, Mina, and ELO, and then we've got the 70s, and a brief stint in the 60s with the Yardbirds that was also in your fair cow. Yeah, it's a banging track, that's great. It's a good track, yeah, yeah, and then, and, and then back to the 30s, so I, I thought if there was only, if there was one chance ever to lazily organise things in chronological order for a playlist, it was a time travel playlist. The point of that was to feel like you were going back in time. It was quite lazy, I must admit. I didn't pick up on that at all. I thought that was really clever. No, I liked the floor, actually. The floor actually worked. Yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't realise that. It was an experiment, and I feel like it kind of paid off. That Nana track, that, that first minute is just fucking gold dust. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. But then it does kind of yeah. really kind of drop off quite severely after that elongated, beautiful intro. Yeah. Um, like to the point that after, you know, 50 seconds, I was like, fuck, she's more than 99 red balloons. This is fucking brilliant. And then I realized that was fucking wrong. What are you talking about? No, it's a great track. <laughs> it's an amazing track. I loved all of it, yeah. I thought it was good. I, I, no, I, for me, it did distinctly drop off quite significantly. Well, you, you're a fool, Bill. Well, um, we know that. Yeah, we do. It is, it is absolutely amazing. And the rest of the album is really good as well. I, I, I would, I would uh, recommend uh, the other one that I found sort of like really enlightening. And I'm, and I, I'm surprised none of you went down this, um, this avenue. The ELO track, Yours Truly, 2095 concept album whole album all about time travel 1981 that's a great track as well um mm. yeah i did like that one yeah but uh i i just it didn't come up in my research which i thought was thorough but uh, you know i didn't i think maybe i've got a kind of a, a blind spot when it comes to elo um, i definitely do yeah I, like i used to have it with yes now i keep putting yes tracks on the playlist because i've got into yes because they popped up once and of course the algorithm if it sees you playing a lot of yes all of a sudden yes are there all the time and i don't think yeah. i've played a single elo track sufficiently that the algorithm is then allowing me in you know but um but no i i, I didn't know anything about that i thought it was a terrific track in fact i've never listened to an elo track i didn't like but i've listened to very few so um, I need to give them a go, I think. One of the things as well for my criteria uh, for picking the songs was there had to be, a, the ha- you couldn't just talk about traveling in time or doing something. Something in the track had to travel in time. There had to be a mention of being in one time and then another. It was, it was all about that. So that was all about sending in a message back in time to the present in 1981 when the album was released. So that's what, that's where that came in. 
There were a couple of things on there as well from the mountains track by Hans Zimmer from Interstellar, not necessarily about time travel as such, but I put that in because it's an interesting piece about the the time dilation. And also it's Carl's favourite Christopher Nolan film. Mine too. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I think you you hate it for a completely different reason to why I love it though. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I, I don't hate the score though. I think it's important to but the score is lovely. I think I think the sc- I think Hans Zimmer did uh, really brilliant things, really got to grips with the like the time dilation aspect and the things he does with like the motifs that are then stretched out and contracted through mm. all the different parts of the score. I think I think he's really clever and nice. I mean, I hate the film, but the score is like is fantastic. I'd, I'd go as far as to say that it's Han- probably Hans Zimmer's best work. Yeah, I would uh, say so as well. The other thing as well was obviously the, the Ben Frost track at the beginning. And I struggled with a couple, with, with one to choose from that because it is quite dark, uh, but it is from the series Dark, the Netflix series, which, you know, I'm not here to sort of like recommend um, TV shows or movies to people really, but if there's one thing that people should watch if they're into sort of like time travel, it's it's dark, but it's 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 one of those as well where you can't really go too much into it because it sort of gives it gives things away. But yes, safe yes. to say, it's about time travel. It's not really giving much away. Yeah, and oh. and if you if you didn't work that out in the first episode, then you're not watching the right show. Yeah, you you're an idiot and you shouldn't watch it. But the, one of the interesting things about that, in a different way, is how how it uses music really effectively. Obviously, Ben Frost's. And score, but then there's kind of every single episode there is a um, montage of all the all the characters towards the end, showing where they're up to at that particular point. It's not all like that, but the, the, the use of music in, in in the show is is, is really good. Um, and obviously, Ben Frost's score is mad. I was going to say, does he does he score it all? Like yeah. he like all the way through the series, it's him doing the music yeah they call them cycles so it's mm. cycle one two and three for the three series of the um of the, of the show it's brilliant and everybody who's into time travel should watch it cool i'm gonna check it's it out. my recommendation primer 65 days of static was only because primer is name of a, a, a of a film about time travel it's got nothing to do with time yeah. travel whatsoever it was just it was just a cheeky way for Getting a bit of 65, it's a 65 good track, static in there. Yeah, it's a good track. And I, th- I would hasten to add, it's probably the best film about time travel. Or at least it's that it, it handles time travel probably in the best way that yeah. any film yeah. ever has done. You know, wh- wh- what you think about the film, you know, whatever. But, but the way it handles time travel, it's probably the most realistic depiction of time travel you could possibly get. Yeah. Mad scientists developing things in their in in their basement, right? Anyone um, want to say anything about? Well, I didn't enjoy the orbital. I have to say, sneaking up in the middle, uh, I thought that was a, a, a barbarous use of the uh, Doctor Who theme. <laughs> I I kind of enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of cute in what it did. Okay, maybe yeah, maybe. I just thought, oh god. But uh but the rest of it I, I absolutely loved it. I mean my particular favourite was um Dream Cars by Neon Neon. 
yeah, good track. Liked that. It was absolutely brilliant. I love that. It's not really about time travel either. It's the one that it's it's the one it's the exception that proved the rule in there because it's it it comes from a another um another concept album by Gruff Reese and Boom Bip uh, about the life of John DeLorean, the man who invented DeLorean cars. Mm. And um, thus time travel. And thus time travel, because, uh, but the only reason I, f- I felt right, I can put that in because it's basically about DeLoreans. And I think if you, if you ask anybody our age to draw a picture of a time machine or, you know, ex- say what a time machine looks like, they're either going to say, um, it's, it looks like a police box. Yeah, or it's a DeLorean car, and I think yeah. probably more people would say the DeLorean our age. Probably younger would probably say Doctor Who. Younger, older, the other way would probably say Doctor yeah. Who. But yeah. I think if you if you grew up in the eighties, then um, a DeLorean is a time machine. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I enjoy. I thought that was such a brilliant track. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I enjoy. I enjoyed the rockier elements as well. Iron Maiden again, another entire album about time travel, uh, yeah. somewhere in time. Which I'm glad we all went for a track from it. You two went for the same one. I went for a different one. But uh, but I thought Actually, that entire that, that album, album still holds up as well. It's a good album. It's a really good album. You could have gone for any track off it. Yeah, um, yeah, and I I contemplated each one. Yeah, I was the same. Good, N- nearly it. went for wasted years. You know, but uh, yeah. that that was a single, unbelievably. You wouldn't get that as a single these days, would you? No. Um, but yeah, no, I, yeah, that was uh, that that was heartwarming for me as as a Maiden fan that um, people would still entertain uh, putting Iron Maiden on a playlist just like because they're awesome. Um, so that was that brought a tear to my eye. I have a funny relationship with Iron Maiden because I've, 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 I never I feel like I, I was never really into them when I was young, and thus. I think it's one of those things. Like if you if if you're not into it when you're young, like Star Wars, you look back at it and think, "What is what is this shit?" <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But I think with with Iron Maiden, every time I listen to a Maiden track, I like it. Mm. You know, there is something deeply likable about about what they do. And I think there's the proficiency in their musicianship, which is actually pretty impressive. Where you've got a guitar solo which is doubled up. It's not as if it's through a pedal, that they've both learned the solo and then harmonized it. Yeah, they're both and playing actually, at the same time, and it's yeah. yeah there's a level of dedicate. There's no other band that I know of who actually managed to do that, and that's just through solid hard work. Yeah, you know they they graft, and actually there's. You know, nowadays a band would, you know, the guitarist would sling it through 13 different effects pedals for it, for them to get that sound. But actually they just practiced really hard and then just worked on harmonies to make sure it worked. And then, and it still sounds like one guitarist, yeah. but it's two blokes just hammering away. <laughs> I think that the fun thing about Maiden is they're not trying to sound cool. They're trying to sound like Maiden. Do you know what mm, I mean? And so yeah. they're just they're, they're just doing it, and if that's how it comes out, you know, and so they can sit there and I mean that's a real departure for them because most of their songs are about zombies or you know medieval history, and then that's yeah. you know they or zombies in medieval or history, zombies in medieval history, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and then they wrote you know or you know ghosts or something like that, um, and then that was a a song an entire album just just happened to be about time travel, 
Um, yeah. And so for them, they were really stretching themselves, even though to the lay person, it sounds very similar to all their other output, you know. <laughs> My big favourite actually was in. It popped up on both your lists, and that's "Time Machine" by Chocolate Milk. Oh, that's fucking such, loved it. That's such a good song. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, I can't believe I ever missed it off in my own research, but it's just solid funk, mm. like down dirty, get fucked. Just funk. It's brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, just solid riffs. They're like the opposite of well, as well of uh, Grand Funk Railroad in that they yeah. are a genuine funk band. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like from New Orleans, they're 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 actually like a like a genuine. You know, uh, they're they're not like three guys from Massachusetts or like Michigan or something that decided to be a funk yeah. band. Um, and, but they were crafted by the funk to be the funk. Yeah, well, I think they were. Um, Session. I, I only know a little bit about them. But I think they were session musicians, weren't they? Who they just decided that um, Earth, Wind, and Fire were earning too much money, so they decided to give it a go and and did pretty well at it, from the sounds of things. Um, I'd never heard of them before, but uh, that is that is a it's a really good album actually, um, which I'm yeah. going to go back to. But uh, cause, but there's no other songs on, about time travel on the album, so I couldn't spend too much time with it. Um, had to move on, but uh, yeah, that was a brilliant, brilliant track. Shall we move on? Okay. Bill, do you want to talk us through uh, your your playlist? Yeah. Um, much like Carl's approach, it was that kind of knife edge between descriptions of actual traveling in time and then the the perception of time travel through one's own emotional state. So, you know, in there you've got tracks like the Huey Lewis, which we, we've waxed lyrical over, and um, Rush, Uriah Heep, um, Bee Gees, that Bee Gees track, guys, it blew me away. Madness, Loved it. madness to include. I, I actually listened to that. Um, I had that on a, on a long list, and I, I yeah. didn't think I could... Uh, like front it out and just, just I I I'm rehearsing the mirror saying what you just said like hey guys yeah. BGs the bit, yeah like, I didn't think I don't think anybody's ever said those words out loud no, and probably no and I was I was just I was saying it to myself and I just thought I couldn't bring myself to do that and yeah. I just thought you two would just rubbish me so when it came up um, I was like, well, oh. you were right you were right because <laughs> it's absolute dog shit <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible horrible you know, swinging 60s whimsy. It's bullshit. It's like, you know... It's lovely. It's, it's lovely it's, whimsy. It fit the brief, and I really enjoyed the song, Tim. It's what, it, at least it fits the brief, yeah. And then, you know, the, and also I did play around with references to films, Hugh Lewis, and you've got the um, so Quantum Leap theme. That was lovely. You know, which I did as like that mid-section point. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed I that. I did enjoy um, that. I, 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 I almost... I was disappointed in myself for not even thinking it or, or even thinking of Quantum Leap when we were thinking of time travel. Yeah. And the, and the composer as well, he wrote like the A-Team, so Mike Post, he, oh, okay. he co-wrote the A-Team. He wrote the Greatest American Hero theme tune. 
which I think is a long forgotten piece of beauty, that show. Yeah, that was, I, I remember that as a kid. That was great. Yeah, that was a good show. Um, Guns N' Roses, the Terminator 2 soundtrack. The weakest, um, weakest which, possible link to time travel that you could have. It, yeah, it was played also, on the radio. It didn't even have anything to do with time travel. It was just something yeah, yeah, that they paid money weak for. Link. Uh, but it's only as weak as the the Kiss track at the end as well from the Bill and Ted Bogus Journey. Maybe. Oh no, no! Because with with the Kiss track, if I hear yeah. that song, I think of Bill and Ted. With the Guns and Roses, I've got to Google it. Can we just take a minute and think about how bad the lyrics are in this in this song? So I'm going to read out the lyrics. I wrote them down because I I couldn't even believe how bad they were. Because uh, you could be mine but you're way out of line, okay? Good now, why Solid. they put time in there, I don't know. They missed a trick. Yeah, they did. Uh, with your bitch slap rapping and your cocaine tongue. Now, that's probably the best set of lyrics in the whole song. It's fucking awful. And this was a big track for, like, the biggest movie ever released at that point. And, you know, Axl rose up and go, got some fucking banging lyrics for you, James. Honestly. I'm referring to James Cameron. Honestly, how they decided that that was going to be firstly the lead track from that album and tagged on to a time travel movie, which was mind-blowingly good for 1992 or 93, was it? I don't know how they got away with it. So it was the first track of Use Your Illusion 2? Yes, I believe so. Wow. Okay. That is poor. Yeah. That is poor. And it was on the soundtrack for Terminator 2. That's right. And actually, and it features in the film when uh, John Connor's on the on the bike, and it's kind of shoehorned in that John Connor's listened to Guns N' Roses, and I think it's actually referenced a couple of times in the subsequent films that you know Guns N' Roses are on the background bit, and that that song's on. When actually, I'm probably the first, but us three were the first people to listen to that song probably about fifteen years. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I'm not a big Guns N' Roses fan. I'm more of. A, I was more. No, of a I never got Nirvana it. I never understood kid. it. But yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was not my favourite moment. And then that that kind of perception of time. So, you know, your bad, bad, not good. Annie DeFranco, as Carl mentioned earlier, um, uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. That uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, that puts me through the ringer because that doesn't even um, kick off. I mean, it's it's five, five and a half minutes in before he mentions yeah, time travel. Yeah. <laughs> By which time you're on the floor anyway. Shattered, yeah, yeah, yeah. Emotionally run out. I'll read something directly from my notes on, on, on that song. I put, this is a skipper, so boring, like being stuck in time. I wish I could go back in time to when I hadn't heard this song. Shit. I think that's harsh. No, I hate, I, can't, I, I don't understand that band at all. I don't understand why they're so revered. I've, I've you know, tried listening to that, you know, that that album, the the aeroplane weeps a lonely um, pina colada um, out of its eye or whatever it's called. That's exactly the right title. Yeah, it's it's just oh god, so dull. Why? How could how could any you know? I don't I don't understand why people like it. 
There you go. Controversial opinion of the week. I don't care. I shared that opinion, I have to say, the first time I heard it. I, I remember thinking, oh, this is going on a bit too long. And then you look and it's like four minutes in and you're like, probably hell. At least it's over soon. And then you look over and you're, no, you're eight minutes no. in and you're like, Christ. Um, so I, I did think that the first time. But I think the second and third time I heard it, I'm I'm properly into it now. Like I, I look forward to that track. I skip it every time. It's a grower, not a skipper, I'd say. Wow. That that really that's a marmite of track of a track. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, so so I re- that that was what I did really. I I I split down my my influences between perception of time, songs which were, you know, related to time travel through TV and film. And um I liked it, although I did find it really hard to put the tracks together. I found it was a very difficult process just because in the the extended list that I had, there was a lot of fucking garbage. And I think that's why I ended up with, for example, Quantum Leap being in there as that good halfway point of, okay, what can I use that's a fucking beautiful piece of music? And really, how the hell do you get that middle eight in there? And then it just rounds off again with that saxophone doing that little cheeky riff. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you have the fucking gonads to write such a beautiful piece of music i will never know no it's fantastic i mean thinking back that that piece of music is most of the charm of the tv series and of course if anyone wants to feel incredibly old uh, dean stockwell i believe was meant to be in the year 2005 that's a that's a good googling point actually let's have a look we were all meant to have uh see-through ties and uh uh, fuchsia shirts with l- light up panels on them <laughs> about 15 years ago google's thrown at the question why was quantum leap cancelled why was it cancelled it's good good, good uh, dropping dropping view, viewership apparently well at least it finished at least it ended you know there's nothing there's nothing worse than a tv series that doesn't come to a satisfactory conclusion and i felt like that last episode was a very satisfactory ending Really? He he never returns home. Well, spoiler alert, he never returns home. Wasn't that gutting? No, but he had the choice, didn't he? He had the choice of whether he, he was basically being told by this Time Lord, godlike figure chap called Al in the, in the American diner, was basically saying, you yeah. can stop anytime you want. And he was like... Can we just stop and appreciate Tim's level of detail that he's remembered this last <laughs> yeah, this episode? I'm fucking impressed, um, dude. And he basically said... You know, you can stop any time you want. It's it's you. It's, it's you that's driving this. And he 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 basically said it was like, well, well now I've got to keep going because I'm helping people. Got to put a lot of uh, wrongs right. Mm, exactly, but only in his own lifetime. I've I've just looked it up on the Wikipedia page. Actually, um, news just in. It was set. The future was set in 1995. That's right. Yeah, I've just got that as well. Um, so that's even more yeah. shocking. So it was 25 years ago we were meant to have the plastic ties and the... Uh... And to say it finished in 1993 as well, that was a bit of a push. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Carl, have you got any thoughts? that you'd like to share about Bill's playlist? 
Yeah, I mean, broadly speaking, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I loved the the um, Neutral Milk Hotel. wasn't wasn't really familiar. I'd done the same as you. I've tried to listen to that album. Thought it was dog shit. Um, but being forced to listen to that track, I actually I got I've got into it. I don't know if I'm going to go back to the album, but I enjoyed that track. Um, I enjoyed the Elvis straight afterwards. I thought that was nice. Straight into the Quantum Leap, enjoyed it. BGS, I can leave it. I'm, I'm never listening to that again. That's fine. Um, I'll just leave it there. But it did a job. Did a job for him in the list. Fine. Uh, Jim Croucher, I thought was amazing. I, I, I obviously everyone knows that song. It's a really famous song. But um, I don't think I've ever sat and listened to it. It's like one of those things that you sort of know through cultural osmosis. And then I enjoyed listening to Mr. Bungle again. Mr. Bungle, one of those bands that are just, um, I, I suppose the only way to describe them is batshit crazy, right? I mean, there's no... Oh, yeah. To describe them as a band just seems weird because they don't have a sound, right? They don't sound a certain way. Like even, not just album to album, but track to track. They're just yeah. bonkers, you know? Um, well, even... And that again... Even, like, sorry to interrupt, but even within a track... It can completely, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, go go off on a tangent. Yeah, and they're one of those bands that I think, um, similar to like someone like Ween or something, that you're either into that aesthetic, and you really love like how crazy they are all the time, or you find it totally unlistenable because you can never get into that frame of mind that they're in. And I think I've always found Mr. Bungle the latter. And I've never been able to like get into it. And it's always been, oh, it's just too weird. Um, but that track, I really, like, I've always enjoyed um, the track of their Sweet Charity, mm-hmm. you know, which is a bit of a weird song as well. And I've always enjoyed that one. And I think that's like a famous song of theirs, isn't it? So I've never really sat down with one of their albums for very often because they're just too bizarre. But that track, I, I really enjoyed. I think I'll maybe go back and listen to more Mr. Bungle. My only uh, criticism would be, I think you went for the wrong Rush track. Um, <laughs> just because Dreamline isn't as strong as something like the Twilight Zone or several Rush tra- I mean, Rush are like Maiden. They, if they're not writing about time travel or spaceships or something, yeah. you know, what are they writing about? So um, there were several tracks you could have gone for. I didn't think it was the strongest. Uh, I love the Bad, Bad, Not Good. I think that's that's one of my favorite tracks of the last few years, I have to say. I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, so I, I think this is probably, you know, of, of the of the three list bills done, I think this is easily his best. I mean, normally his lists have driven me up the bleeding wall, but this this one was good. This one was actually good. Yeah, probably. Um, um, well, I I had a bit of a problem with it. I, it's probably just nitpicking. Two songs. Neutral Milk Hotel, you know, isn't for everybody. Love the bad, bad, not good track. Love mm. love the um, the Jim Crochet track. However. Mm. Don't think they're about time travel. Oh, really? Well, actually, the Jim Crochet is, first of all, it's reflective of life and mortality, definitely. But also, it's in mm-hmm. X Men Days of Future Past. So it yeah, but, it's, but, it's, but, it referen- oh. but it references a film, you know, a scene where a guy's going a lot faster than everybody else. No, but the film in itself is no, a time that's, travel. Movie. That's a bit tenuous, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, but it did drop in with my that re, the reflective idea of of time travel within a a mournful sense. It definitely did that. But much like the bad, bad, not good, it doesn't do it in a dissimilar way. Yeah, but that's just you're talking about time moving slowly. So it's like the perception of time. It's not about time actual, exactly. actually traveling. It's about your perception of it. Similarly, with um, time in the bottle, it's about wanting to sort of remember everything 
as you you know and and save time with a with a sort of like special person it's it's about living it's not about traveling i think you're agreeing with that's how i feel i think you're agreeing with me now i don't think it's about time travel though i think time travel is about going from one point to another yeah through perception well, of maybe it. it's, it's about traveling isn't it it's like it's going from a to b well, for example, the Annie DeFranco does exactly the same thing. It's about, like, Carl said, and I totally agree, it's a, her father who travels in town mostly now. You know, he's remembering time totally differently. His perception's different. Mm. This, was, this was just because we came in it from two completely different points of view. All my facts were about, you know, somebody physically moved, didn't move through time. They moved from one time to another. I think there were, those are two different things. What do you think, Carl? Well, um, it, 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 it's a tricky one. I mean, I think, um, I think, like, if you look at something like Interstellar, when we talk about uh, time dilation, which, you know, we've said, well, that is time travel. I think that is what uh, Jim Croce is talking about, isn't it? That's, that's the time in a bottle he's talking about. He's talking about the time dilation, the same as Annie DeFranco. The bad, bad, not good, I, th- I think it's the same thing, isn't it? Time moving slow, like relative for one person, not necessarily for the other. Again, I took time travel. Like the thing with all these lists is I take it like li- like just literally. So the, the theme is time travel, just those words, time travel. So I think you can take it any way you want. Mm, as long as you make an interesting playlist out of it. But I, I, I would, I, I think as long as there's some kind of, I think even the mention of the word time in a title, I, I would just let it go. I think, I think the problem is I could see, yeah, it's picked that because it's a, a, from a film. But then these, these ones here are clearly about, I was just like, come on, stick to one, stick to one topic, dude. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Just confusing. I didn't know where I was at, you know. See, I was angry that I hadn't gone for bad, bad, not good myself. When I saw it, I was like, ah, perfect. That's, that's... See, and Tim wouldn't have allowed himself because he was just being shackled up by his own rules. Yeah, that's how different That's Tim's were. problem. Well, you've got to have rules, haven't you? You know, otherwise, what have you, what are you, what are no, you got? You've got that. chaos. I, li- I live all day with rules. I need, I need mm, freedom. No, no. Give me, give, me, give me a nice cup of hot steaming rules any time. You know, that makes me happy. So obviously we've come to the point in the show where we are going to pick a track each from um, the other guy's playlist to put into the famous Golden Shuffle. The whole point of this for anyone new to the show is obviously to create the greatest shuffle list of all time. And I think we're off to a flying start so far. So first of all, a couple of near misses, no instant entries rules are if they all go in if if we all pick a track then it gets instant entry onto the golden shuffle couple of close ones this time around wasn't there but again no instant entry there's going to be fireworks i would imagine when that happens oh guy i imagine it'll be a national holiday in some smaller european countries I am I am in the midst of uh, designing a little jingle for a celebration point with that. Excellent, yeah. Excellent, yeah. Um, right, so who shall we go first? Carl. Okay, I think uh, there are like several here, guys. I could go for um, 
tons of different things, but I think I'm going to go with one that was on both of your playlists. I'm going to go for Caught Somewhere in Time by Iron Maiden. Because if I don't put Iron Maiden on the Golden Shuffle, who will? And that's a, oh, a great true. track. It's a great track. See, you won't put Huey Lewis on, but you'll put Maiden on. Absolutely. All day, every day. Fucking hell, you're a man of standards. <laughs> and Bill, what about you? Chocolate Milk, guys. Chocolate Milk. Oh, excellent. Time Machine by Chocolate Milk. Do you know what? I've, I've struggled. There's a couple of a couple of ones that I like. Wonderland, that could, have, that could be it. In the year 2525, 20, but I think I'm going to go for Mississippi Shakes by Rory Gallagher. I think, oh, cool. I think that deserves nice. to be in there. And uh, we talked about Rory being the legend that he is. He should be in the Golden Shuffle, shouldn't he? Right, and so we reach the end of the episode. Uh, we therefore must choose at random our next topic by spinning the digital wheel of artificial fate. Bill? Hit go. We're spinning. Spinning. And we are on famous people named oh, in songs. Oh, Christ, I was dreading this one. What yeah, are you meant you to do with that? I'm not looking forward to this whatsoever. Oh, God. Okay. Does bad, bad Leroy Brown count? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, that's another fortnight of my life ruined. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you've enjoyed anything that you've heard in our playlist, want to share your thoughts on playlisting, or have any suggestions for future themes you'd like us to curate, then please email us at nostairwaypodcast at gmail.com or tweet us on at no underscore stairway. Like all good playlists, we've arrived at that moment of acute finality called the end. The tape on our metaphorical C90 has snapped, having been chewed up one too many times by the cassette player in your mum's Ford Fiesta. It's time to throw us away, unwrap a shiny new cassette, get your fingers on pause and record and start again. I've been Carl, my thanks to Bill and Tim. We're middle-aged men, we made some mixtapes. We hope you like them. Until next time, take care. Thank you.